This week's episode of Mixtapes with Mike is brought to you by Freestyle Skate Store. A skate shop that is the foundation of the local skateboard scene in Newport in South Wales. They haven't paid for this ad, but their owner, Grim, who was previously a guest, has been so supportive of this project that I wanted to say thanks by giving him a little bit of promotion. So if you want to buy anything that is skateboard related, or if you want to buy some cool hoodies, t-shirts, beanies, accessories, they've got everything you need, then you need to check out Freestyle Skate Store on Instagram. They're very close to 10,000 followers, so you can help them out with that, and you can support an independently run skateboard shop that is one of the best in the UK. Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. We're going to talk about each song, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. It's that simple. So if you're the kind of person who'd like a new mixtape each Monday, you should probably subscribe to this podcast. But that's enough of the hard sell. Let's talk about music. This week's guest is a stand-up comedian and actor who's appeared on both the Showtime and Comedy Central networks in the US. He also, in the last year, became an author, releasing his first book, Dead Serious. This is Michael Malone. How you doing? Hey, wonderful. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, pleasure to have you. Um, now, we've we've not met, like, in person. Uh, you, you are one of my sort of random sort of... <laughs> You know, you know, so, you know, you're one of my little sort of take a chance. Oh, this guy looks cool. He looks like he's into music. <laughs> right. I'll message him and see if he responds. And you did. So thank you very much for joining. Yeah, I appreciate. It. This is such a great idea. I was telling you that before. This is. I'm very jealous of this idea. It's it's right up my alley. Music is a big part of my life. I always have it going on when I'm writing, when I'm traveling, uh, when I'm you know backstage, all that stuff. Like it just, this is perfect. I'm so excited. Good man, and and I've got to say, uh, I needed to hear your mixtape this week. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, it's a little. Uh, it's a little sad. No no no, but you know when you know when you're feeling kind of in that space. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're feeling a little bit melancholic, you kind of need the music that accompanies that. Yeah, you can't you can't listen to upbeat stuff if you're in that kind of headspace. Just doesn't work. Right. So like when I listened to this today, I was just like, oh man, this is exactly what I needed to listen to. And a lot of it's stuff that I, I wasn't necessarily uh, aware of. Like there are artists that I'd heard of, but not really sort of delved into any depth. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty eclectic too. Like it's not like um, there's there's different artists doing way different things. Oh yeah, definitely. But sometimes when people do this, they have either a theme or maybe they make it kind of autobiographical. Uh, mm-hmm. But your mixtape is definitely has a, a tone running through it. And the second I hit the second track, I was like. I can I can kind of feel where this is going. There's uh, th- there are no left turns. <laughs> it's a well curated playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I I tried to put it in order too that I thought it should be listened to because that was you know when you're making a playlist that's a big part of it. A lot of people don't take the time to do it. They just throw a bunch of songs together and they just hit shuffle or whatever. But I think when you make a playlist, the order of the songs is just as important as what songs you're choosing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So many times, like I've actually done it with albums that I haven't been that enamored with. Like uh, there was a DJ Shadow album that came out Mm -hmm. that wasn't as good as it should be, but there were tracks that were good. So I was like, right, if I take out the ones I don't like and then, (laughs) because it was like a 18, 20 song, like double album. I was like, right, I'll take all that stuff out. Here's the stuff that I like, retrack it. And it still wasn't great, but at least I'd taken the great, but... at least I'd taken the stuff out. But like, thankfully, he's put yeah. better stuff out since then. So, <laughs> so you, you, you're primarily a stand-up comic. Yeah. How long have you been going? Uh man, I've been doing it since I was 19, and I'm 37 now. So a long time. Long <laughs> Too enough. Long. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, 
yeah, I've been um, I've been pro since I was 23, I think I when I started touring, 23, 24, something like that. I haven't had it. I've been just comedy doing that. And then a few years ago, I started getting to acting and filmmaking and um, uh, I wrote and, and directed a, a film a few years ago that did really well in the circuit called Bethlehem. And then um, and I did a couple little smaller projects and I did some stuff with Comedy Central and Showtime and and then last uh, this year I just put out a book uh, in June uh, called Dead Serious. Amazing. Uh, yeah, which is all about self care and I you know I I, I did it in my stand up special um, um, which is on Amazon as well which is uh, it's called Laugh After Death and I lost both my parents a few years ago and and um like back to back like within a year and so i was touring full time i was doing comedy 46 weeks a year while this was happening and so i got into kind of this this funk and this grieving this hole you know like how do you dig yourself out of this while maintaining this schedule and I got into self-care and all that stuff. And so a lot of these songs on the playlist kind of reflect those moods of, you know, being, trying to be okay when you're not okay. <laughs> and a lot of kind of self-care, a lot of it speaks to that idea of just getting better. And I think that's the overall theme I was kind of going for was it gets better. Yeah, I think that's so, like with any kind of loss, I think... There's a there's a tremendous sort of benefit to having gone through something before, so that you know that okay I got through that so I must be able to get through this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can kind of reassure yourself, but it's not always easy to remind yourself that you, that you have that kind of that diligence, you know. But um, no, it gets hard to hear, especially when you lose somebody close, like like a parent or a sibling. When when people when you talk about it, even and people will tell you right away, well, it gets better, or, or you know, you know, this and that. It almost it's it's almost unbelievable. You can't when it happens, you can't even fathom that you'll ever be okay again. And um, so you don't even almost hear it uh, when it's happening. Um, so my message has always just been like, it does get better. It does. You will get through this. It does take hard work. And a quote that I often think about that I heard, um, was that, uh, it never hurts less. It just hurts less often. Well, that's a good one. I've, yeah, I think that is the, the truest thing that, I, that I've heard about grieving and about loss and about getting through these hard times is it doesn't, it doesn't hurt less. It just hurts less often. I spoke at my grandmother's funeral a couple of years ago, uh, and I don't know where it came from, but I wrote this thing for the day, and now whenever I see a friend has lost someone, I'll just send it to him because it's, it's the most profound thing I will ever write. <laughs> right. Not that that's what I'm going for when I'm writing jokes or anything, but... Um, right. The, the, it was that the definition of heartbreak is to have such an abundance of love for a person that it weighs you down when they're no longer here to receive it. But the longer you carry it, the stronger you become. So just carry the weight. And yeah, like, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> but it's just whenever I see someone go through something like that, I can just sort of pass it on in a discreet little message and just go, look, you'll be fine. So yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is choosing what to carry with you. You know what I mean? Uh, al allowing it not to not to sink you, not to weigh you down, so you can't swim. But uh, and that's and that's a big thing I talk about too is choosing what to carry with you, what memories to to have with you, and how to remember that person moving forward. Because a lot of times, you know, biggest fear I had was, you know, what if what if I forget what my mother's voice sounds like? You know, that was a big thing I mean, whenever you think of your parents or your, you know your, your mother you always have this voice in your head especially when you're about to do something stupid or <laughs> or you have something great happen you you hear their voice you hear what they sound like their tone and uh and so choosing to let go of some of the negative stuff you might have i know a lot of people have tension between them and their dad you know that's that's a common thing to be like i'm my fucking dad <laughs> you know choose what to carry with you 
lose some of that negative, lose some of those fights that meant nothing, lose some of those, you know, whatever you can, drop some of the weight, and that way it doesn't hold you back or hold you down. But like you said, it makes you stronger for carrying it with you. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, this is already the deepest podcast I've ever conducted. <laughs> like, and I'm not, I'm not a deep comedian. Like, it's mostly dick jokes. Um, yeah, that's. The, I went from mostly dick jokes to talking about death, and people were like, "Hey, this isn't what we signed up for, man." <laughs> All right. So, who's your first track by? Uh, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. What a wonderful band name! First off, yeah. And you know, I I had not heard of them until uh, this year, earlier this year, uh, around my birthday in February. Randomly came up on Spotify, which is one of the pros of of having Spotify discovery playlist. Is sometimes, and I will say, it's it used to be better. I don't know if my tastes have changed or Spotify's tastes have changed, but I used to believe that Spotify really knew who I was. You know what I mean? Like way more than Pornhub ever did. <laughs> And, and, uh, but every, it seems to get worse now. And every once in a while, you'll, you'll pull out a gym here and there. But, um, uh, but this was back when Spotify was really just giving me the hits like, hey man, check these guys out. I love them. And I did. I fell in love with them. And I will say this because of the name, it is hard to request when you are like buying vinyl and stuff <laughs> or even trying to tell a friend about a band you like or like, yeah, you should check out a Rainbow Kitten Surprise. <laughs> It's just like, oh man, right. I'm gonna have to hold on two seconds. Like, oh, here's one for you psychedelic porn crumpets. <laughs> That's great. Just the word crumpets alone. It's is, very uh... British. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, is it, uh, it's, it's gotta be British punk, right? No, yeah, kind of like a, kind of like an indie rock kind of thing, like, uh, very, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Completely in contrast to the tone of, of your first track, but if we're talking great band names, <laughs> yeah. particularly ones Rain to ask for in public in a record store, uh, anything <laughs> by psychedelic porn crumpets, please. <laughs> Actually, that might be a name you could be proud to like tote around with you. You know, like, hey, you got any uh, psychedelic porn? Group? I like. I, I don't. I, uh, I don't see any fans tattooing it on their body. Yeah. <laughs> Grandpa, what's this tattoo? <laughs> well, I like the band. Uh, your grandmother and I met at a concert for the pornographic crumpets. <laughs> I will say this about Rainbow Kitten Surprise. They uh, they deliver like Kings of Leon used to deliver. When Kings of Leon came out, it was kind of all in the same tone. You knew what you were getting, almost like the Nationalists. When you when you listen to the the Nationalists, like it, you you know exactly what the whole album's gonna be. Yeah, and that's kind of how Rainbow Kitten surprises. It delivers on the same level of Kings of Leon, where you can recognize it right away. The guy's got a really unique voice. They have a really unique sound, and it kind of sounds a little bit like Kings of Leon. Um, that has that real twangy kind of indie rock uh, feel to it. Um, it. It makes you want to just drive real fast in a Trans Am. You know what I mean? Like, this is the music you play. <laughs> but this track's quite downbeat. Yes, yes. This this track speaks a lot about uh, what we were just talking about. That that message of it getting better. And I heard this uh, again around my birthday when, you know, you turn a year older and you you kind of you're in a, a, a state of reflection of, of what have I done in the past year and and are things okay that that check in that you that you, you you give yourself every year and and I heard this song at the perfect time and uh, I just I loved it and uh, I fell in love with the band and and, and like I said. Uh, I've had to uh, I've had to ask for that vinyl a few times. <laughs> okay, so this track is 
Uh, it's called Painkillers. Okay, so moving on from Rainbow Kitten Surprise, who's our next track yes. by? Our next track is by Mac Miller. Now, it's a name that I've heard loads, but I'd never taken the time to listen to. And my perception was it is that he was a hip-hop guy. Yes. But this this song isn't quite that. And and that's, you know what, uh, Mac Miller is a name that I heard for a long time and I never checked into until his album uh, Swimming came out. And I always looked at him almost like a Machine Gun Kelly, you know what I mean, where it was very hip-hop, uh, almost like battle dissing, or even his album Kids is 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 that you know what i mean it's just very it is hip-hop in every essence um however when swimming came out he was doing a lot of self-care addiction like all this crazy stuff that he was struggling with this breakup that he just went through and swimming was such a beautiful album he started to let go more of the hip-hop and he started to uh embrace some of the, like the the singing the, the the melodies and almost like drake does um but in way better lyrics <laughs> in a way cooler fashion um and he you know he he had a message from in these songs and swimming was an album front to back that is just incredible and uh he was getting ready to go on tour with a full uh jazz band uh before he he passed away um he he overdosed accidentally um about two months after this this album came out swimming came out and so he never got to go on tour actually his last tweet was i can't wait to get on tour and he died a few days after that um and so the follow-up album is called circles and it just came out uh again this year i think in january or february somewhere around there it came out uh, i'm not real clear on that um but circles was a continuation swimming was supposed to be a three-part series it was supposed to be three albums of like this journey that he's had with self-care and addiction and everything else and um he's just an artist that really is really really good at looking inward and i love that about him um and this this track is off uh, the circles album it's uh it was the single off of the album however when you listen to circles um the first track on the album is haunting knowing that the backstory about uh, you know his addiction and everything else and the self-care that he was going through and he felt like he finally like overcame it and to listen to circles now I always imagine um, his producer uh, playing the album front to back they, they had a listening party for it when it came out because his producer finished it after he died and so he had a small listening party in New York uh, with Mac's uh, parents his brother a few close friends and other producers and the opening track on circles is like this real light piano keys and these real low tones and then you hear mac come in and he says well this is what it looks like right before you fall and then the beat drops and i can't imagine the emotions in that room from his family and close friends hearing that after almost a year and a half after he's gone and this project debuts like it's heart-wrenching to think about that but this song <laughs> that i chose is a little bit more upbeat um and again it talks about self-care it talks about that inward journey that uh, that i was kind of on and it almost describes everything that i was going through to a t um there are different parts in there uh, there's a part in there where he's he's talking about how he of course everybody forgets him because he's had closed doors and that's how i felt for a long time i slowed down my tour schedule i wasn't really hanging out i wasn't going out here in la i wasn't going on auditions i wasn't doing anything yet i was so frustrated why my career wasn't moving forward and it's like yeah no shit nothing is happening because you're not 
happening. You're not doing anything. You're closed. You know what I mean? Like my door has been closed. It's impossible for somebody to, to, to remember who I am when you, you, you know, in this business, as you know, like our whole job is to tell people who we are and to check in and to <laughs> content, content, content. And uh, it's just, it's a perfect, perfect storyline and it matches up to mine uh, that the whole song does. So this is? The song is called Good News. Okay, so having listened to Mac Miller, who's up next? I'm keeping that hip hop vibe going. Uh, I met with this artist, her name's Gifted Gab. Um, I met with her in Seattle. I was doing shows. I was, uh, she came up on my discovery playlist. I loved her, her song that she had with, uh, with another artist called uh, Blimes, uh, Blimes Brixton. Um, uh, two female hip hop artists, uh, incredible lyricists. Uh, they came together for a song called, uh, well, I guess I won't say the song yet, but they came together for this song and um, I heard it. It took me all the way back to that old school, like mid nineties hip hop vibe. The opening keys are reminiscent of Dr. Dre and that Chronic album. It just gives you good summertime vibes. It just puts you in, in an old hip-hop mindset. Uh, and so I reached out to Gabs on, um, on Twitter. And I put together a little uh, interview thing with her while I was in Seattle doing shows because she was still living in Seattle. And so we met and I organized this little interview thing uh, with 16 people uh, from the Seattle area. I, I rented out this little studio space and I, I got to sit down with her and ask her about her life and her journey and her music. And then she, uh, she taught me how to roll a joint properly, <laughs> which was really rad. I made her do it with oregano because I didn't know the, the weed laws in Seattle at the time. So she kept making fun of me about, about having to roll a joint with oregano and all this stuff. Just super down to earth. Couldn't have been nicer. Uh, she, she performed an acapella uh, version of one of her songs. Uh, for, for the for the small crowd that I gathered. We did a three camera shoot. And then afterwards, her and I just rolled around in her car and she took me to different spots in Seattle and we smoked weed and we talked about uh, the different territories in Seattle and, and the rappers in that scene and, and everything and how she, she got to meet Blimes and how they came together and kind of the backstory on the on this, uh, this song that went viral. Uh, this song had like over 20 million plays in the first month that it, it went out. And now the two of them are touring together. They formed a rap group. And uh, I think they just dropped an album in July, I think it was, uh, which is phenomenal. They have a, a couple hits out now. One's called Nasty. And I think they just put another one out. But the album they did together is called Shelly. Okay, so this track is? Come Correct. I'm not sad today and there's a few things I ain't mastered yet They taking staggered steps I got castles to protect, huh Why you think I got this dragon's breath? Some might call me hazardous Not too many that can handle this I'm a hip-hop analyst Let me channel my inner animal I'm a cannibal like Hannibal When I spit it, baby, it's flammable Look, I'm going for your clavicle About my capital was murder tactical The actual, the factual Yeah, I better pass it left Call that a lateral, quadrilateral, parable Parallel galactical Your style is unpractical We laugh at you Ha ha Blimey brought the swishes So you know I got the la la And ta-da We be the mama and the papa So every time you bullshit us All we hear is blah blah Nah nah We don't speak ah blah You fufu caca We don't know nada Alright so moving on from Blimes and Gifted Gab Who's up next? We're gonna go with The Mountain Goats Again uh, We're going back to great band name Yes, yes. We're getting back into the sadness. Uh, <laughs> I love this group so much. Uh, I always describe them as kind of like nerd rock. Um, they do a lot. Of, they have a lot of albums out. Their their catalog is huge. I think it's over twenty albums or something like that. I think they have three or four albums 
just based on the Bible and like Bible stories and this and that. I'm not a religious guy. I don't think he's a religious guy either. I think it's more in just storytelling that he likes it. I don't think he's a super religious guy. I think he loves the stories. Um, and that's and that's exactly what you're going to get with the mountain goats. He is a storyteller. His lyrics are incredible. It's kind of sad nerd rock. I put it on all the time when I'm writing, uh, especially for drama and stuff like that. I always have it on my headphones. If you're in a mood, if it's a rainy day, anything like that, the mountain goats, just put them on shuffle. They will deliver. Um, they just put out an album last year uh, all about wrestling. Okay. <laughs> it was all about pro wrestling. And it's <laughs> phenomenal. You don't have to even know anything about wrestling to enjoy the album. It's great. Um, but he's he's also an author. He's written two novels. Uh, he's just a super interesting guy. Um, uh, but can't say enough great things about them. They are they are always on my playlist. And the song that I picked just seems like the theme song for 2020. <laughs> okay. uh, the, the chorus, without giving it away, the chorus is, I'm going to make it through this year if it fucking kills me. And I feel like we can all relate to that. And I feel like that should just be nominated as the theme song for 2020 with everything that's going on. That is about right. That kind of sums it up. <laughs> um, okay, so this track is? This year. the mountain goats who are we listening to now uh this is nathaniel ratliff or ratliff i always fuck it up i don't know how to properly pronounce it uh every time i do somebody corrects me i've tried it both ways ratliff ratliff whatever um but i dug back into his solo stuff for this this track uh he got popular he had about three solo albums out where it's just him and an acoustic guitar and they're beautiful the guy's got a great old like rusty soul singer voice um but he he got popular a couple years ago um with his band uh nathaniel ratliff or ratliff and the night sweats which is a great name and um they do a lot of like upbeat motown real soul music uh, i've seen them live it's one of the best live shows i've ever seen the guy's like a white james brown he was dancing around his feet were moving he's in He's got a tambourine he plays during the live shows. There's trumpets playing. There's guitars going. There's, I mean, violins. I mean, it, he has a full, like, orchestra with him, and they play that old town, Motown funk, uh, and it is beautiful. He's got, again, like, this real raspy soul singer voice. Um, but and that's and that's the stuff that went popular. He has two albums out with them, and he blew up from a couple songs. Uh, one of the songs was "Son, Son of a Bitch." It's a it's a you know a real upbeat song. There's a lot of tambourines and a lot of dancing going on. That's great. That stuff is fine. I like the sadness. <laughs> I like the solo stuff. I'm, I, I like the vibe of the of the other stuff. Um, so I chose something off of one of his first albums. Uh, it's called Shroud. And uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful introduction to who he is as a songwriter and his voice and his talent.
so following on from Nathaniel Rateliff, who are we listening to now? Ah, this is a this is a band that's been around for a long time. Uh, the Dawes, um, D A W E S, and uh, they're a band. They're a Los Angeles-based band. Um, this is somebody that. This is a group again that you know what you're getting into when you when you put on their album. Uh, a lot of it is slower. It's it's kind of mid tones. Um, a lot of old school, almost Beck vibes you get from the Dawes. Uh, great lyrics, they're storytellers. Um, they just got a really great vibe to them, and it's a very low key vibe. There's somebody to play if, again, like if it's a rainy day and you're smoking some weed and you're just hanging out or you're reading a book and you want something to play in the background. The Dawes is your band. Or if you're having a low key gathering with there's a few friends over and you want something to play, like while you're again hanging out, smoking, chilling, whatever. The Dawes is your band to have on in the background. I I find I have to if I'm working, I, it can't yep. be too upbeat and raucous, and and the lyrics can't be too in your face and engaging because I start thinking about it. I've got I, yeah. I I have the attention span of a three year old. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so like if I need to get stuff done, it it needs to be very mellow or it, uh, and quite a lot of instrumental stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I get what you mean about like reading a book and just having something that brings you down to that level. Yeah, yeah. This is the perfect band for that. And a lot of times when I'm working, I do play more abstract things and a lot of like more uh, kind of mid-level things, which is like another another great group is uh, Mother Falcon is a full orchestra. I think they're like a 13-piece band. Um, it's just a lot of sounds and and moments. There's not really many lyrics. Uh, another great band is Balamahara. Balamahara is perfect to put on for a chill day. There's no lyrics at all. And there's no lead singer. It's like a ten-piece orchestra band, but they play more modern, like mid-level. I call it like exciting elevator music, like <laughs> which sounds shitty, but I don't know how else to describe it. There's no words. There's no nothing. It's just those sounds that you hear from a full-piece band, but it's exciting and it and it, there's movement in it. Um, it tells a story in the way that it, it, it plays the, the, the song. There's not necessarily somebody narrating it. Um, but the song I picked from the Dawes is a great song. I, I feel like it, pick, it depicts exactly what it is to be in Los Angeles. Um, the, the sadness that you get from being here for too long, how the city kind of chips away at you, how it changes you. And there's always a line that I connect with in here, uh, which is, uh, my friends don't recognize me without my suitcase in my hand. And which I feel being, you know, a full-time touring comedian for 15 years, that's exactly how I feel is whenever I get to see my friends, you know, all over the country, all over the world, whenever I show up, it is like that. It's never, I'm just popping by to watch the game on a Sunday. It's I'm in town doing shows and we get to hang out. Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful line uh, and it's a, it's a great song. Okay. So this is uh, time spent in Los Angeles by the Dawes. You got that special Okay, so that's the Dawes. Who's up next? In a similar vibe, we're going to go with Ryan M. Brewer. Uh, Ryan happens to be a really good friend of mine. Uh, he's a singer-songwriter out of Indiana. Um, he has got incredible albums. He has three albums out right now uh, and one live album. The live album is fucking fantastic. It's, it's my favorite. Um, the song I chose, though, is from a. It's it's a single that he released. It's not on any of his albums, it's, and uh, it's just beautiful. Again, he's a storyteller. If you're if you're, if you're seeing a theme here, <laughs> it's that. I, I love the storytelling in, in music. 
And uh, Ryan's got such a unique sound and such a unique voice. Um, I, I, I almost describe like he's like if Justin Timberlake did folk music. Like okay. it's, <laughs> he's got this great sound to him, and these amazing uh, vocabulary, amazing storytelling abilities. Uh, and this is one of my favorite songs. Um, he he went through a, a pretty bad breakup, and then he was over in uh, Germany doing shows, like right afterwards, like a few days afterwards. And he was kind of losing himself, like we always do, you know, after a breakup. <laughs> you kind of go off the rails, and you're doing things you, maybe you shouldn't or wouldn't do, or you're you're doing all the things you couldn't do for while you're in the relationship. And the song is all about that. It's about losing yourself in these moments and it's a it's a, and there's a great great solo breakdown towards the end um which is just like unmatched uh, it's fucking incredible uh and it's a great song and he's a great artist and i highly suggest you add him to your your spotify playlist and the song is called hurricane This is the first artist on your playlist, other than Mac Miller, that I'd heard of, but actually sort of recognized the music of. Okay. So, so t tell us who your next track's by. Ben Howard. Now, I can't remember. I think he was supporting a band that I love and I want to suggest to you. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of a solo act, really, but they're kind of... They are a band, but it's the, it's named after the main guy, uh, and it's called it's called Fink F I N K. Oh yeah, I love Fink. Like oh, um, it doesn't surprise me that you already know him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Fink is wonderful. So like, I happened upon him when one of his songs was used on a credit card commercial. And I was like, what? It was one of those fleeting moments. You're like, what was that? And it was gone. And you, it, it, yeah. it wasn't played very often. So I was just like, oh, I don't know what that was. And then there's a, there's a guy in the UK called Colin Murray who used to have a late night radio show on the, the main radio station here um, that was kind of alternative classics and new music. And that's where I figured out the name because they played the track. I was like, what? Is that track? Who is it? I need to know. Um, yeah. uh, I've been obsessed with him ever since. Yeah. And and Ben Howard was supporting him at the Glee Club in Birmingham, which is actually a comedy club, but every now and then they, they have like some nice intimate live music events. Yeah. Um, it's like one of the best clubs in the UK. And uh, and Ben Howard's he's. He's of a similar tone, but obviously he has his own kind of distinct sound. Um, how did you come across him? I I, uh, I found Ben Howard where he did a uh, he did a documentary with uh, I want to say Mumford and Sons and another band. Oh, is this when they were all in bands and they were like touring places? Yes. Yeah, I saw it. Yes. I can't remember I saw what clip. it was called, but. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. I actually, I downloaded it. It was like four ninety nine on like Apple iTunes or whatever for the whole thing when it came out, and I was like, yeah, I'm getting this. I liked all the bands that were in it, um, and I got exposed to Ben there, and absolutely fell in love with him. Uh, it, again, his first album is all that kind of 
it's about self-care and looking inward but it's like upbeat and there's these beautiful melodies and tones and it's the the album i would describe as just alive like it is just such an alive feeling when you're listening to ben howard's first one and especially on vinyl i mean i hate to be one of those guys who are like music just sounds better on vinyl but some fucking albums do <laughs> and ben howard's first album is just insanely good on vinyl yeah, um, I mean, the, the listeners um are probably sick of hearing it because i have said it before but i was fairly late to buying records yeah um but the reason i did it is because it puts you in a position where you kind of have to listen to the whole thing start to finish yeah and i would purposely i like i had this vision in my head of listening to records on a sunday so i i primarily buy records that i want to listen to on a sunday afternoon and reflect um so there's there's not a lot of heavy stuff there's a couple of things that i've rebought from my youth that i had on cd yeah but but um think records uh, cinematic orchestra uh, oh yeah stuff like that um you have to be real choosy when it comes to vinyl like music you can download you can play you can skip you can do whatever when you listen to it digitally but vinyl is a a, a commitment it's a choice you have to really it's a problem know. mike it, it, really, <laughs> it really is like it really is I, there have been points in my life where I've had to like have I've had the records delivered to my work so that I can sneak them wow. home one by one so my wife doesn't <laughs> see. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to you have to really uh, be careful of that because it, it's addictive as well. Yeah. Because once you hear a couple of things, like again, like this this Ben Howard album, the the it sounds so good that it tricks you into thinking that every album sounds that good. It doesn't, uh, <laughs> but but then, then it makes you go out and be like, well, I wonder what this sounds like. I wonder what this is. Um, going back to Mac Miller, um, both of his his latest albums, Swimming and Circles, Circles especially, whew, man, on vinyl, forget about it, dude. It's insane. Okay. Um, but Ben Howard, I fell in love with loved everything he was doing uh i, I went down the the fucking hole real hard with ben like i was just i was listening to live stuff i was listening to like bonus tracks hidden songs you know all that stuff you do when you discover an artist and then uh and then his second album came out and i was so fucking amped for it and i was like expecting the same thing and he totally changed everything up he did more of a low-key mid-tone like really i mean it was beautiful but it was almost the exact opposite of his first album and i was like oh what who is this ben howard i like this Mm. and then his third album he did it again where he even got slower and it and it's even more uh low toned and like he really like he really focuses on the the the, the you know the, the guitar playing and the songs and like he he it's it's more of a the third album is a vibe the whole thing first album's great there's a lot of great you know uh, singles on it it's very upbeat the second album you're like okay i could get into this all right and the third album is just a straight fucking low key vibe okay so this and track is this track is small things So your next track, I recognize the name of the yeah. of the artist, but I don't know anything about them. So t- t- tell us who this is by. Okay, so this is Sun Kill Moon, and you you really you're either gonna love him or you're going to hate him. Uh, he almost sounds like remember that old song in the '90s, the Crash Test Dummies put out the mm-hmm. yeah. This guy sounds like he sang it. Like he has that real low tone voice to him. It, uh, every song he does is like that. Again, another storyteller vibe. 
uh, I would almost describe him as like folk, but I don't really under, I, it's just him and a guitar for most things. And a lot of it is slow and a lot of it is sad. And he's got this real low, slow, sad voice to him. <laughs> he definitely knows his strength <laughs> and just caters to that. Um, he's got a lot of great original stuff out there. But the way I want to introduce him to people is he did an entire uh, cover album of Modest Mouse songs. Okay. And so the entire album is all Modest Mouse songs, which... It, with that setup I just gave you of who he is, it's the exact opposite of who Modest Mouse is. When you think of Modest Mouse, it's almost techno. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's very upbeat. It's hyper. Uh, it's very you know. It's just fast paced, and and a lot of bells and whistles are going on, and it's hard to keep up with almost. And this guy takes ten of his favorite Modest Mouse songs and plays them on an acoustic guitar and slows them down and to actually because modest mouse does have really beautiful lyrics mm -hmm. it's just hard to keep up with yeah. this guy slows them down and he are he turns these already beautiful songs into just masterpieces um i think the album is 10 10 songs long um it's called tiny city made of or no the album's called uh, tiny cities and the song I chose off that is is Tiny City Made of Ashes, which is a great Modest Mouse song, and he does it even better. Amazing. So, like, following on from Sun Kill Moon, we find ourselves at your final track already, man. Yeah, this is right. blown. It was, it was so hard for me to choose just ten songs, and I can't believe I got through this whole playlist without putting the Counting Crows on there. And uh, <laughs> that, that would be that I, would be cliche at this point. Yes, I, I feel like that is you know that's that's expected. And um, man, I, I can't believe I got through it with with without doing that. Yeah, like uh, Radiohead's another one that shows up sometimes. Um, oh yeah. So like I used I used to work uh, in a snowboard shop, uh, like an indoor s snow slope. Um, it's basically a giant fridge, right? Yeah, and and it was like a sports complex, and there was a there was a swimming baths there, and you would quite often hear the music playing in the in the swimming pool, and I was I was walking through the foyer one day, and then I heard Radiohead come on in the swimming pool, and seconds later the drowning alarm went off, like somebody was swimming and just went, oh, what's the point? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I felt like Counting Crows might just be too uh, too cliche for this, even though I do love them. Of course I love them. So who is your last track by? Uh, the last track is by a group called Bears Den. Okay. And I don't know much about them, I will admit that. I know that they, uh, they are on Mumford & Sons recording label, or at least they were. Uh, that's who uh, discovered them. Um, I think there's only two or three members to this group. Like I said, I haven't done a big deep dive into them because when I got into them, they didn't have a lot of things available. They had like three songs out at the time. Um, I don't know what they have now, but um, absolutely fell in love with this song. Uh, this Some songs, they just speak to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, emotionally, they hit you in, in your feels. And this was um, this was one of them. The first time I heard this song, I almost broke down crying. It reminds me a lot of my mother. Um, 
it's it's a song that that definitely will hit you in your feels and and uh man it just it just pummels me um but it's it's a beautiful beautiful song even if you haven't lost anybody even if you you don't have that grief or that weight that you're carrying along um i believe it's it's still touching and it'll still move you okay so this is above the clouds of pompeii i was too young to understand the flowers sleeping in her hands i was too young to understand i was too young to understand Thank you very much for coming on and doing this man like like i said i i i tap people up at random on social media and i'm really sort of humbled by the people who come back and go no this sounds great you know yeah um, <laughs> so thank you very much for coming on so like for the benefit of anyone who hasn't heard of you before um yeah where's the best place to find you and what you did uh, everything is at Malone Comedy, um, so MaloneComedy.com, or if you have Twitter or Instagram, it's also uh, Malone Comedy. And I have a one-hour special called Laugh After Death. It's up on Amazon. Uh, you can also get it on YouTube now. Um, and then uh, I just put out a book again uh, in June uh, called Dead Serious, and it's uh, it's not all sad stuff. <laughs> there are some fun things in between. It's basically ten big stories with some uh, illustrated jokes and stuff like that in between. Keep it light, keep it fun. Um, but you can also find that on Amazon Books or Barnes and Noble. Amazing! Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it, man. This is, this is such a great idea, and I'm very jealous. So, that concludes this week's episode. We've deliberately kept the music played below the conversation because we believe that all musicians should be paid something for what they do. So if you'd like to listen to the mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the links in the show notes of this episode. Or you can find and follow the Facebook page Mixtapes with Mike and I'll share those links on the post that announces this episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your social media with anyone you think would enjoy it. It would mean even more if you would leave us a positive review on iTunes, as that will help us reach a larger audience. But in the meantime, I'll see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike.